This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. You're listening to the Mostly Harmless Podcast. At least you better be. friends welcome to the mostly harmless podcast i'm your host damon damien all right buddies welcome back boy am i excited for this week's episode because this week i get to sit down and hang out with my good friend mr jared hart now jared you might know him from his uh full-time band the scandals out of new jersey he's also a member of brian fallon's solo backing band because brian fallon from the gaslight anthem has a solo band now and Jared is a member of the band that backs Brian up, something along those lines. And then uh, he's also a solo singer-songwriter. And it's his solo singer-songwriter stuff that brought him to Denver with Frank Aero and the collaboration um, to Denver. Frank, of course, is in My Chemical Romance. And uh, they were also on tour with the wonderful Mr. Roger Harvey. Roger, who I was trying to interview that night, couldn't couldn't quite make it happen. Uh, hopefully I will be interviewing Roger in uh, February when I go out to Chicago to see the loved ones and cheap girls at Cobra Lounge. Hopefully I see some of you buddies out there. Um, so I did this interview back in, back in November. I did it on Thanksgiving evening. Um, and I had planned on taking December off. I, I wanted to get it up, and then I decided to take December off, except for the live show. And then I was going to put it up very first thing in January, which January 21st is this is going up now. So, of course, the show is mostly harmless with Damn It, Damien. And uh, so, Damn It, Damien, why didn't you get this up sooner? Now, speaking of Damn It, Damien, um, one of the things you long-times listeners may know is sometimes I drop the ball. Uh, one of the things I also like to tell people is it's less of an interview and more of a chat. You see on this day, it is Thanksgiving Eve. I work at Whole Foods, which is where all the white people go to buy all the groceries for Thanksgiving. And so I, I'm just getting bombarded. I, I worked at 5 a.m. that morning. I had to get up at 5 a.m. to make it to work by 6.30 to open the store. And just got bombarded by white people all day long. Worked till like 3.30. Got out of there. Didn't go home and take a nap like a smart person. Instead, I decided to drink coffee and espresso. So I'm pretty tired and I'm pretty wired. And then I get to the high dive and I just start drinking beer. So I'm in this weird, 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 frantic state of mind where I'm exhausted, but I'm wired. And uh, I'm just out of it. And I'm rambling and I'm rambling and I'm rambling. And I hadn't seen Jared in a couple of years. It had been a while since I would seen him, as you're going to hear in a minute. So really, today's episode is just two buddies hanging out. In, a, in the basement of a punk rock dive bar, drinking beers, reconnecting, and talking about their love of music, life, and participation. So please forgive me. I, I ramble a little too much as I as I am right now. But uh, Jared really delivered the goods. He really told some good stories, and he knew where I was going, and I really dig that guy. He's a, he's a really, really damn fine musician, damn fine human being. And I can't wait to see him when... Uh, Brian Fallon uh, hits the Summit Music Hall here in the next couple months. He is going to be in his backing band. And uh, really, buddies, um, 
I don't really know what else to say, so I'm just going to go ahead and get to it. Uh, thanks to our sponsors at the Leech Pit, leechpit.com in Colorado Springs. Uh, if you're looking for awesome, super sweet threads, please visit the Leech Pit in Colorado Springs. I'm going to come up with a better ad for them later, uh, but super cool um, punk rock thrift store in Colorado Springs. You can find them online, and uh, they have a really cool Etsy shop. Um, and also thanks to our sponsor, Ratio Beer Works. Ratio Beer Works, 2920 Larimer Street. We're going to be having a small brown bike ratio acoustic session this Saturday January 23rd. I can't hardly wait. Uh, Ratio just got written up in the Washington Post for um, one of the reasons why they got chosen for this was their work in music and the collaborations we have with Soda Jerk Presents that uh, I may have helped make happen. So it's kind of like me getting written up in the Washington Post. I'm pretty stoked about that. And uh, let's let's just go ahead and get into this long, drunk, rambly chat I had with Mr. Jared Hart. Um, his new record is called Past Lives and Past Lines. It is out right now on Say 10 Records. That's S-A-Y slash 10. And it wasn't until just recently I realized that it means Satan Records. Boy, am I a fool. I think I even say that in today's chat with uh, Mr. Jared Hart. And I'm going to go ahead and play. Uh, there's two damn good songs on this, and I was trying. I, I couldn't figure out which one to play first. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and play The Leo, which is great because I'm a Leo. The Leo off Jared Hart's new solo record, Past Lives, Past Lines. And then we'll venture down to the basement of the High Dive here in Denver, and we'll chat with uh, Jared about making the record, the scandals, his career, and uh, all kinds of other wonderful stuff. So, all right, buddies, let's take a listen. Someone in a dream And 
Two times was Death of False Hope. Mm-hmm. Three. When I was on tour with Artists and Nancy, and then a couple, like a week later, we were in Jersey at a Rocky's Bar. Oh, did yeah. you guys play that show? If we didn't, I, I, I think I did. I, I can't remember that. Was, Where I worked. You might have worked. That yeah. might have been it. We partied all night. Working. Still. That's it. That sounds so familiar now because I remember like. Just hanging out and you walking up and be like, hey dudes, what's up? I think, did Let Me Run play that show? That sounds right. Jesus Christ, it's been so long. That was a long time ago. And I don't remember much from that Death to False Hope fest. I Well, you know, because Scotty takes so yeah. so much good care of you. I remember running around all the bands. I was like, hey guys, do you guys want to do an interview? And everybody was like, yeah, let's do a podcast interview later. I was like, yeah, let's get, let's get really drunk and do it. And then I got too drunk to do anything. <laughs> Sounds about right. We kept challenging them to the shotgunning contest, knowing that we would lose. Yeah. But we just wanted to, like, we were hoping we would get them drunk enough that one of us would beat them and be able to, like, hold it, you know, against them. God, I haven't thought of... I remember that. Yeah. Was that the last Death of Paul Subplus you guys played? Yes. Because that was not last year or the year before, right? Two years ago? Uh, yeah. It was the one with Amberetta. Yeah. And, yeah. Cool. That was the only one I've ever been to, and and uh, I'm always telling people I'm like, Death of All Soap is secretly one of the best music festivals. It's awesome. Ever, and it's just like, what a hundred people? You think? I think a little more than that. Place is just big. Yeah, a couple hundred. But that's well, including the bands and stuff. That sounds about right though, because then the next week, I don't think the scandal. I I remember seeing the scandals and be like, holy shit, this band's fucking great. And then we and we played Jersey. They play Jersey. I was with them. Uh, whatever, same difference. This is great podcasting, by the way. Yeah, I love it. Is is catching up with the old friends, and then uh, yeah, I think I remember. I don't even know if you were working. I think you just kind of came and hang, hung out in the middle of the show. But I think that Jersey, Death Ball Soap, I got wasted. Yeah. And Jersey, I think, was one of those nights because that, that artist Nancy tour, I stayed sober most of it. But I don't remember Jersey. I remember. Uh, no, that was a rough one. I remember. Uh, Rocky from Let Me In taking me to Wawa after the show. Oh, and yeah. I got a terrible, terrible sandwich. You might have went to Wawa with us. No, I ordered the sandwich and it never came. And they, they, they got back. At, didn't you get back at like 5 in the morning? Something and I woke like up that. with the sandwich next to me. Yeah. Hours after we had ordered it. That actually sounds about right. And yeah. Chris Love was like, Damien, that was the worst sandwich I've ever had. Sounds about right. What did you order me? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. I've never been to a Wawa before. See, that sucks, because Wawa's the shit. That was good times. Yeah. 
brutal. Ugh. Spots on my liver from it. Can count it. <laughs> That's two years ago. Any yeah. time with those boys. Almost, almost three years ago. Wow. Um, but here, you're in Colorado. Once How again, fucking great is this? Love it. Yeah. A little um, cold. A little cold, but I love it. A little cold. A little cold. So let me ask you, were the kids up front singing along? Were they scandal spans or did they just do their homework? They have been at like three quarters of the tour. Oh, okay. So they've been coming to like every show. Where the hell do they come from? One of them's from Denver. Okay. One of them is from Texas-ish. And maybe two of them from Texas. And that's when I think they hopped on around New Orleans, Texas area. But yeah, that's the crazy thing about this tour. It's like yeah. every night I feel like I have to change something because there are there's kids that here that's crazy multiple nights in a row yeah it's got to be pretty nice though it's to awesome. be in a new jersey band that's played in denver what once yep and uh have denver kid kids in denver singing along uh, it's, i'm always anytime i see anybody sing along one person even if it's like my friend who i force to listen to the music <laughs> it still makes me uh humbles me up a little bit you know it's pretty cool nice but these kids have been awesome they've been a lot of fun and uh is it a little weird though that they're here? Are they here for you every night or are they here for Frank? Oh, they're all here for Frank. Yeah. But, but uh, they just happen to know all the scan- scandal songs? Yeah. They've been doing They've their been homework. Doing their homework and multiple shows in a row. Yeah. So thankfully, it's just a guitar and vocals. There's yeah. not much to miss. That's pretty, <laughs> that's pretty fucking cool though because those kids were really getting into it. Yeah. Yeah, and that, like, I, I feed off that. You know, like when yeah. there's one person that's stoked, I get super stoked. It's when you get those crowds, you know, where it's stone face that I feel like I start to especially playing acoustic it's like alright open mic night up here there you, go. you know so yeah so uh, you were telling me a little bit earlier um, and this is less an interview and just more two dudes drinking beers backstage love it and uh, I got this new cell phone and I think it's picking up so much interference on this damn microphone really yeah you want I, to put it over there nah, no well it's all my questions all my all my notes are on it Professional. I'm gonna hide it. Nah, not really. Just wait till we do this. I mean, already, already we're doing it. Yeah. Um, talking about it. I mean, you were in the scandals. Um, scandals have been doing some pretty killer stuff. You guys toured with. You guys are about to do the home for the holidays, bouncing souls. Yep. Is doing the actual shows or the after parties? We did the show last year, so we're doing the after party. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's a pretty cool way to it's do awesome. it. Awesome. I hope that's not picking up on the mic. Um, Played with like Brian Fallon, yep. and Gaslight Anthem. Done some really fucking cool stuff. Thanks, man. And here you are with uh, Frank from My Chemical Romance. Mm-hmm. Not a band, not a guy I'm familiar with. I apologize if he's in the other room listening. How do you end up on a tour like this? Um, we've had a connection with with Frank and his crew since uh, since our first record. It came out on his label, Skeleton Crew. Okay. Uh, so Sound of Your Stereo came out on Skeleton Crew in 2010, and since then it's just kind of been like a North Jersey family up there. You know, his uh, his tech and everything. Eddie became pretty much my uncle over the last 10 years or so, <laughs> and took me under old skinhead dude, and was like, let's you know make records together. He, some of my first recording experience was with this dude, and we shared practice space with them you know it's like when, when you talk about jersey people always ask that like from other bands or something on a tour like how'd you end up on this tour yeah. you know these dudes and it's literally the only answer is well i'm from jersey <laughs> you know and if, if if you're not a dick it's you know, yeah. all end up friends with everybody you know it's kind of the cool thing about it um everyone kind of 
kind of helps out. So yeah. pretty grateful for them to be friends. And, and it's weird because uh, we were talking about Arliss and Nancy. Arliss and Nancy, they're, they're doing okay. But like the biggest bands that I know of in the punk rock scene that have come out of Colorado have been like uh, the, the Gamets, the yep. Nobodies. Um, you can maybe claim Rise Against because they're drummers from here. The Descendants are, live here, but they blew up True. out of California. But uh, But you've got the East Coast love where it's like you guys get to play with so many awesome bands and get to make friends with those guys where it's like they pop up out here and it's just like a one-off it's like okay great see you later but like they do some killer shit too I mean GB was touring with Drag the River River I forget Drag the River who I used to tour manage as well yeah Um, it's out there it's available I don't know what I'm trying to say it is I'm very fortunate with the East Coast especially in Jersey like I'm 10 minutes from New York City yeah Four hours from Boston, four hours from D.C., two hours from Philadelphia. So anything in that swing, man, like, that's... When I started doing acoustic shit, I just yeah. hopped in, in the car and did that loop over and over again, you know? And it's it's an area where there's enough people to hit multiple times in a row, you know? Yeah. And so you get out to, like, areas like you know, Pittsburgh and stuff like that or, like, the middle of nowhere, and it's definitely hard you gotta drive a lot farther to get to anybody so yeah i'm fortunate for that you know well let's let's get to the guts of this um you were talking to yuri earlier you started the scandals at age 14 i did holy shit yeah that's a pretty ballsy move it was was interesting yeah (laughs) um there's there's a sea of kids up there we were joking about it earlier Mm -hmm. Uh, not joking, but like, you know, there's a lot of kids that come out to see Frank in the from his Mike McRomance days. But these are very impressionable kids, mm-hmm. and they're seeing you out here. You're just playing a guitar. You're just a dude. Yeah. You started at 14. You started your own band. Um, that's a. And in my head, I didn't have the balls to start a band at 14. Like I was, I was waiting for somebody to give me permission. Did anybody give you permission to start a band at 14? I don't think so. I think all our parents were half not pleased about it. Uh, part of me wishes that we didn't start it then because, man, those couple of recordings, which will never see the light of day. You yeah. know what I mean? A couple people have them, and like they always taunt me, like, oh, one day I'm gonna put it on the internet, and I'll kick the shit out of them. But uh, <clears throat> I don't know, like. I really don't know what what made me. I watched Rancid, you know, like someone showed me Rancid, and I started watching videos or down seeing. Yeah. I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life, you know. I like that. I'm, as you were talking about Rancid, you have the button right there. That I have I'm staring to. at. Hell yeah. I have to. How old are you? How old are you? Twenty five. Jesus Christ, you're young. Yeah. Nine years older than you. I feel like I'm getting old. Yeah. I used to be like in in Jersey. I was like the baby. Yeah. So everyone's like, oh, this kid's torn, and he's young. And now every t- every year goes by, and I'm like, oh, shit. But that's the cool thing. I was talking to a friend of mine who's a, uh, uh, she tour managed Planes Mistaken for Stars, mm-hmm. Hot Water Music. She did all these cool bands, and now she, like, runs uh, transportation for, like, huge festivals. And I'm okay. like, I wish I had gotten into tour- touring at a young age, and you already did. So you, at 25, you're a seasoned pro. Yeah. You're getting there. It's a couple things under the belt, which is cool. I didn't really start touring with bands until I was like 29, 30. So. 
but that's awesome that you did it then. Yeah, yeah. You can always do it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing. Um, but so you're you're like 14 years old. You're starting this band. What makes you pick up a guitar and go, fuck it, dude. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start a band. You're watching Rancid. You're seeing Rancid go um, playing their songs. But why do you go... What makes you think you can do it as well? Because that, because that was that was the thing when I was a kid. I was like, well, I can't, I can't play this song. You can't start yeah. a band, you know. I so think, I, I was afraid. Yeah, I, I think we all were. Yeah. I, I think it more became an obsession, and it's something I still tell people. Like when things go wrong, like you know, I'm sitting on the phone with somebody, just telling them like the story of something fucked that happened. You know, it happens every couple months, and it, it's more of like. It's literally an obsession. It's something that, even if I wanted to, yeah. and I, it started then, and it was like little goals. So it was like, record something, and we did that, and it was the best feeling in the world at 14 years old to have yourself horribly come out of a stereo, and then it was like play your first show, and that took forever because we didn't know how to book a fucking show at 14. No one would let us play anywhere. I remember that. It took like a year and a half. No one would. They were like, get the fuck out of here. And finally, we played one show, and it was the coolest feeling in the world. And then it was just kept going like that and figuring it out ourselves. We didn't really have many, we had a, a scene in Bayonne, that's what it was. It was watching Rancid and we had all these older kids, maybe four years older than me, in bands. And there was this like one punk band called No Say that was like sick of it all, smashed, like strung out or something like that. And they were so tight. I remember watching them in like a battle of bands and being like, holy fuck, these are kids down the block. Yeah. Ripping like the bands I'm watching on like Warped Tour Comp DVDs and shit like that. And I'm like, why can't we hang out with these dudes, you know, and do that. And I remember seeing those shows and being like, well, kids in town could do it, we could do it. And we just had this weird little three mile town had six, seven bands, not anymore. We're still the last band to come, come from that area. Wow. 10 years, yeah. And then when did you uh, make the move to the big city? Like, like, why did you stick it out with this band? Why you could have ended it, started something new. I mean, you are now, but yeah. it's still an it's still going of that thing. And Scandal's still going. We yeah. still have a ton of shit. It's my baby. Yeah. I guess. I guess there were moments in time where members left, and I had to regroup. It was the first time we started touring. Uh, I had a, like a month of tour book, half with Guttermouth, half with uh, this band Burning Streets from Boston. So we just all graduated college. We were like, we'd done weekends and four day kind of shit in your car, you know, borrowing gear. And uh, everyone one by one left the band like in, you know, in a week or two to do work, to get jobs and do this. Yeah. And I was there, you know, my metaphorical dick in my hands. <laughs> and uh, I basically called up boys and said, hey, can we do this tour still? So I had people fill in for the first tour. There was a couple days in between, and I had an entire another group fill in for the second tour. And that's the same dudes, the exact same dudes that have been in the band since I met you, since yeah. a year or two before that. So the last four years, I think, five, four. And uh, it just, I had just put out a record that I put a lot of money into, that I had friends put money into, and it didn't make sense to break it up because I owed people right. that. And it seems like everything, like that was the one thing I owed. I, I didn't want to let anybody down. And then since then, it's just kind of kept, kept rolling. I don't know. Are you happy with the way it's been rolling? Uh, the last year has been amazing. Yeah. 
you've done Europe twice in two years, tours with Gaslight and everything. What label are you on in Europe? Gunner Records. Gunner, of course. Of course. I, can, I, I hear nothing but great things about Gunner. Best guy in the world, best bands. Uh, when, we, when we went to his house, it was just like, he was like, oh, I want a couple records. Of course, the Arlos record, the Gaslight right. record, the Cobra Skulls records, you know, like all of them. Ton of records that we love, and that dude just holds it down over there. It, and he and he's got the ear. He's got the silver ear, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, but so this is the thing that you've been doing since you were 14. You're yeah. 25 now. You've been doing 11 years. Yeah. Could you quit if you wanted to? You went to college. What'd you go to college for? Art education. Art education. Do you use any of that at all? No. Do you have a real job when you're at home? I have multiple. So when one yeah. fails, the other. I load gear at Webster Hall. I walk dogs and pick up dog shit. I make buttons for bands. So you make it happen. There's a way. There's a will, there's a way. Yeah. I have a lot of conversations with friends like that where it's, if you want it bad enough, yeah. you can find your own routine. And I'm trying to work out my own issues here because, like, mm-hmm. I, I work 40 hours a week at Whole Foods. Yeah. I used to tell people I loved it three days out of the week, and everybody's like, that's a great... And now it's more or less, like, I like it three hours a week. Yeah. And I want to do... I want to tour manage. I want to do this. I want to do that. So I'm yes. trying to work it out while talking to you guys. Like, how can I make that happen? And you're an example of somebody who's making it happen. Trying. I'm trying to make it happen. Trying. The big thing for me was always... And I worked at the court for years, so that was always something that I knew. Everyone that worked there was musicians. And I knew no matter what, I could come home and have something to work. Whether it was shitty money or not, there was money. There was some cash. So I think in the back of my head, I always have two or three things going, and then two or three that if those fail, I can pick up. And when that starts to fall apart is when I start to get anxiety. And then the, the acoustic thing was the first time it was ever just me, so... When I'm on the road with that, I can at least break even. Or yeah. But it, I, I remember once I booked Kevin Seconds at the old bar I used to work at. And these old school punk rock guys were like, why the fuck are all these guys going acoustic? What's cheaper? Yeah. They don't know any better and you can make money. It's true. But what was it like the first time you went out on the road by yourself, alone? Bizarre. Bizarre. Uh, the first couple shows that I played by myself acoustic like not in the basement remember I opened one one was open up for Vinny from movie life and I'm the avalanche and I used to have to buy a shit piece of shit guitar so I would borrow Rocky from let me runs acoustic and something happened where I might even been using my shitty one at this and the guitars cutting out and people are just looking at me like what the fuck are you doing and I'm like welcome to open mic like literally you're watching a train wreck and it's just me and then Little by little, I started to figure it out. And it was the first time in years that I felt like a, the adrenaline again. So with the scandals, it's like a diff, like when the energy is crazy, like when people are jumping up the walls, it's awesome and I feel that, but I don't get that like anxious adrenaline anymore. It's just like immediately in the routine. And that was doing acoustic again, it was like, holy shit, like there's that adrenaline that you felt when you were 15 and you played that first show. And, uh, that's been the biggest thing for me it's just kind of like riding that it's fun it's a different beast does it uh, how do you write the songs is it a different uh, frame of mind from the scandal songs or 
Does it scratch a different itch? Um, I think it definitely scratches a different itch, but they're written the same way. Uh, it's ne never like, I'm going to write an acoustic song today, or I'm going to write a scandal song today. Uh, some of the songs on the record I've been si I've had since 2010, and uh, they just didn't make sense to use a scandal song, so I always kind of kept them in the pocket and kept them in the pocket, and all of a sudden I realized I had a full record. So it was uh, kind of cool to be able to put it out. It was a freaky situation. Do you still get that same feeling you got when you're 14, holding this new thing you did all by yourself? Not not necessarily all by yourself, but you know what I mean. I think it was scarier than when I was 14. Yeah. Because when I was 14, something in the back of my head was like, this is awesome. <laughs> I had this naivety of, oh my God. And my friends thought it was cool too, because it was their friend making a song, you know? It's like, of course you want to hear your boy that never, no one knows how this shit works anymore. But this was the first time where I held this thing in my hand and it just had my name on it. So I realized, you know, wherever you go, it's not like, oh, the scandals suck. Oh, it's yeah. Like, it's like, oh, this dude's specific name. <laughs> Look him up in the yellow pages. That dude sucks if they don't like the record. So that was nerve wracking. But uh, I'm pumped about it. I, I really like the name of the record, Past Lives and Past Lines. Yep. Is that right? Yep. It, it, it reminds me of the. Uh, the highway just driving down the highways of america and interesting and uh past lines that's what makes that and then like i just me driving the, the, specifically the artist nancy bay because that's the connection we have yeah um this should work Is just okay? like just can move the, into this room if you want to block it out a little more yeah if nobody's in there yeah, we're not uh we're good Do you care if I'm here? No. Is that cool? Maybe this side of the room. Never mind, we're going on this side. Okay. Just work off it, don't worry. A little better. Cool. But, uh, yeah, the title. Uh, past lives and past lines. Yeah. No, it makes me think of, uh, you know, driving down the highways. And, I like that. You know, um, daydreaming about the... I get really stuck in my head and think about the life I could live, the life I do live, and the life I want to live while passing, you know, the past lines. Yeah. Am I just projecting my own ideal out, my own stuff onto you? That you are, and I love it, because that's... It is, it encompasses what the record is, but it's a very, your literal sense is very different than what I meant by, which I, is awesome to me. Uh, I think. <laughs> I'll take it. No, I love it. It's, it's And it is what, you know, touring and you think about that shit all the time. And this record was kind of a more cathartic thing for me where I had a ton of shit over the last five years happen to me personally and my family life and personal life and I lost a good handful of people that I was very close to so each song kind of represents these moments where I was searching for something and uh, I just couldn't figure it out because no one knows where it is right. and uh, I, I fell into reading and exploring these ideas of different possibilities of what happens is there nothing is there this is there that and uh kind of the whole record encompasses that that search of 
what the hell happens while living in the moment. So yeah. it's kind of always been an obsession since I was little of, of where do you go? And that's something I can run my mind around. And it's, a, it's an obsession of where the fuck am I going now too? Because <laughs> I need to know in the next month too, let alone in the eternity sense. So. Do you have anywhere to go when you get home? Uh, I got a bed. Sleeping? Yeah. yeah. I still live in Bayonne, so I've been there forever. But, uh, it's, uh, it's interesting when you're on tour and you have those feelings of, uh, and you feel pretty small in this grand scheme. Yeah. And you're not grounded. I think that some of those songs represents represent that, like being on the move and having these fears or, or worries because there's nothing holding you down either. So yeah. kind of just floating out there in literal and metaphorical sense. But, I, I always feel most at home when I'm not attached, mm-hmm. which is an interesting thing too. Yeah. Um, and as somebody who, you're a lifer, right? You're a lifer in this, this machine. Um, I was upstairs talking to a buddy of mine who is trying to decide whether to keep pursuing this path that he's dedicated so much time to. Yeah. We're settling down and buying a house. And I'm like, could you settle down and buy a house? Could you settle down and buy a house, Jared? Not now. Yeah. Not. I mean, I'm 34 years old and I don't know if I could either. I couldn't. I mean, hence, yeah. And I, I think the difference now is over the last five years, I, anyone that I met that wanted to do that, I was very like, why would you do that? Yeah. And now after meeting so many people and kind of figuring out how things change as life goes on, there are certain people I know in their mid-30s who are talking about doing, settling down, they just physically and emotionally can't handle tour anymore. Yeah. And there's some I understand, there's some that I think they should push a little harder, but I'm in no shape or form to get to that point. I have no desire either. Me neither. Um, and, and, and one of the things that pushes me is, like you mentioned, I lost some people as well. Yeah. It's one of those weird, like, wake the fuck up moments. And it's like, what do I really want to do? Yeah. Um, for you, when you when you lost the people, I take it that goes straight into the songs and straight yeah. into the propulsion of the thing. I'm answering too many questions. I need to find better no, ways to answer. Like, we're talking. I like it. But uh, how, how does it affect you to lose? How does it affect you personally to lose somebody? Because it, it's hard. Like I've, yeah. I've lost a couple like really close friends in the last few years. And I'm sorry. Hey, you know, but that's it's life, and it's one of those things. Yeah. It's like I was trying to tell somebody earlier. It was like I don't feel like I have long on this earth. Like, even shorter time span than everyone else. Yeah. So I got to make the fucking most of it right now. Of course. So I don't want to settle down. I want to keep touring. I want to keep interviewing people and making an ass out of myself on tape recordings. Um, how, how does it work for you? Losing someone to me puts me in a very introspective state. Yeah. And I can't get out of my own head right yeah. and I can't get out of my head to begin with so. exactly yeah like I'm the one that'll sit there at the end of the night before I'm going to bed thought pops into my head and I'm up until 7.30 in the morning because I can't I can't wrap around it yeah um, 
things that have happened over the last couple of years, uh, specifically, I, I lost my mother last year. I'm sorry to hear. That was, uh, I appreciate it. That was, that was kind of like the big wake-up call to me because it was such a, a heavy, bizarre experience that I hope no one ever has to go through, but at the same time, it is exactly what you have to go through. Yeah. And I think that that was the push-pull with me with writing these songs was coming to terms with what I saw and what I physically and mentally went through and accepting it and projecting that on my own life and existence. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> it's kind of what I've been exploring, whether it's spiritually or or uh, just what I, what you wake up and do every day. Yeah. Um, I just like talking about it and like figuring it out, and that's kind of where the whole record came to. If it wasn't for music, man, I would lose my fucking mind. Yeah. If I didn't have that outlet, especially the record, or just when things hit the fan, I just went on the road. Once it was all done and the dust settled, it was like I need to get the fuck out of here and some people can't do that because they have a job or they have a life or they have families and for me it was kind of like an undercover like yeah of course I'm going on the road but more it was I need to get the fuck out of here but yeah that's why that stuff is so different on the solo stuff because the scandal is supposed to be like forget that shit at the door and let's fucking all get stoked right now and have fun leave like the energy is supposed to be positive all pot not saying that the the solo stuff isn't positive but it's more of a let's think about it and talk about it <laughs> seems to be like a jersey thing it's like like as you're telling me this stuff i'm trying to think of this bouncing souls have sad songs yeah. but they're always uplifting of course but uh yeah they don't really have the downer moments no and you get to get into that with the solo stuff how, did, how, how is it to put that stuff out in the world? I mean, you already said it's scary as hell. You're yeah. made of people disliking it. But just getting up there and playing it every night, is it cathartic? How does it feel to just let it go? It's amazing when it gets when it comes across. And I think it's... Uh, I'm less scared of if people like it, more scared of these moments and these songs are so real. Mm-hmm. Like, like photos in a frame real. That doesn't get through or someone doesn't understand it it's almost like someone doesn't understand a personal part of my life so let the song sucks it's one thing it's it's less of like that it's someone doesn't understand like have the respect for the the moment in time but uh there's moments where i'll sing a song and someone will come up and be like man that one line and they pull that line out and attack they attack like you said with the the cover and they attach it to something and it, it smacks me in the face and that's what I always loved about bands because I had bands that did that to me that forever that song will be that moment in time and and that's what I kind of hope at least some people will get something out of the record where they pick their own things out of it and are able to connect to it if anything it's just me screaming at the top of my lungs and kind of like there's one song in particular every night that at the beginning was really hard to sing and now I genuinely I smiled singing the whole thing because uh, if it didn't happen, the song wouldn't be there and this person wouldn't be there, you know, so grateful for it. What did your mother think of your uh, musical career? Um, she was <laughs> worried about it, <laughs> but very supportive. That's cool. She, uh, she was the one that kicked my ass to go to college. And uh, 
I toured all through college. It was like when I think back about those four years, it was nuts. But uh, she was the one that made me keep my shit together. And, and uh, she was. She told me once. I was like, Do you really, like ever think you know I can, I can tour? Like, do you think I can make something out of this? Whether it's just being able to pay rent, because that's the end goal. Yeah. It's just to sustain life. And she was like, if anyone's gonna fall on it, then. <laughs> see if you know it'll be you hopefully so she always she was the one that was always checking in to make sure everything was cool but at the same time was happy with everything that was going on so i just miss telling her like shit that you know i used to call her and tell her oh, this fucking asshole did this on tour you know she was like the one that her and my girl when she my girl was at work I, she was the same way she was she was a, a firecracker so she would get just riled up but she was uh, she was cool about it. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um. Jesus Christ, where do we go from there? Wherever you want, brother. Man, I know. If I was a, if got I, heavy. What was better about this? You're perfect about it. I don't know. Just two dudes drinking beers in a green room. What's up, son? Um. Oh. <laughs> Let me look at my notes real quick. Look it up. It's a closet. No. There is one right behind the soundboard, apparently. Oh, really? Yeah, Yeah, it's like a secret one. A secret one. You gotta look for secret bathrooms on tour. That's been the big thing this whole tour, is finding the bathroom. You gotta find the bathroom. Yeah. So this whole record, it's you bearing your bones. And you're coming out here. Mm-hmm. You're in Colorado yep. for what, the second, third time? Second. Second time. Yeah. Kids singing along. Like, granted, they've been following you around. They're awesome. But how rewarding is it to be out here on your I mean, like, not that the scandals weren't rewarding, but yeah. it's rewarding to be out here on your own. I mean, anything that I have on my own, I have to, I have to credit towards being in that band because I was able to launch from that. Yeah. And when I started doing the solo stuff, the only reason I got shows because I went through the people yeah. that I've been friends with. So it's one and the same. I sell Scandals records. I sing a couple Scandals songs every night. And uh, but it's cool to look at the person who was struggling to find band members and couldn't figure it out how many years ago. And here we are. Yeah. And now you can do it on your own. And 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 the thing that I meant to go into before I mention that yep maybe i'll just edit all that out no probably not no but um like we said we're talking about the little kids upstairs the, yep. these little kids who were future musicians i hope and you're playing your heart out to these kids who are just st- some of them you mentioned earlier like what is it like um singing to these kids up there just staring at you uh it was daunting at first i was telling you before that i've been playing so many shows with people the you know acoustic punk community right. that we all know and everyone's sitting there with their PBR and if they don't know your name they want you to play the 30 minutes and get the fuck off right. and it, either the songs speak for themselves or they don't you're not going to help anything by mumbling in between the songs and so I flew in from Fest and the first show was in Boston I believe and I remember halfway through I'm just playing songs I realized I was like holy shit this is a this is a, at 
least 10 to 15 year difference in the audience I'm, I've been yeah. playing for for the last two years. So there need some of these kids. It's their first show, and they're yeah. looking for the connection with the person because they have no idea who you are. They don't. They have no reason to. So I, I had to kind of find a way to interact more and kind of without being, you know, jumping around like an asshole. But yeah. I, you know, I, I pick certain songs and I pick certain times to talk about some stuff, and uh, kids seem to appreciate that. And I've had a lot of kids come up to the merch table at the end of the night and ask me questions like we were talking about, being like, "Hey, like, I had this thing happen in my life. Like, what do you think about this?" And that's cool. I wish, you know, I wish I was 14 and I went up to my favorite band and was like, hey, can we talk about this? Like, I never had the stones to do that shit, you know? Yeah, me neither. And I feel like some of them probably would have thought it was cool. Some of them were probably too drunk and told me to go fuck off. But, uh, I don't know. I just like, I think the biggest, the coolest part about this tour and stuff is meeting new people and, and learning from each of them. And this has been, I haven't been a teenager for a minute. So it's been kind of interesting to hear about what they're going through and how they're connecting that to stuff that I'm going through now. Yeah. So, and it's all universal. Like, yeah. I'm 34 years old and I still go through shit teenagers go through. Yeah. And it never goes away. Yeah. But the thing as a teenager was that you didn't know about it yet. Right. So I feel like now, you know, between the two of us, we've been through enough shit that when it happens, we can pull from other things. Yeah. I didn't know that as a teenager. I had to learn that. I, I don't play Fallout, but I have a bunch of buddies that do. And it reminds me of, uh, like, my buddy was telling me the other day, he saw something in the parking lot and he wanted to, his immediate instinct was, oh, I should pick that up. I can use that later. And he's like, wait a minute, I'm not in a video game. But that's what you can do in real life. You pick stuff up yeah. as you go and you can use it later on. Absolutely. It's not a video game, but is it? <laughs> now um, again getting somewhere else man getting real about it <laughs> the sad thing is I think about that a lot I'm like oh I picked this up here yeah and I picked that up there and I dropped that there to save for here that's kind of funny I've thought about that I used to play like Diablo all the time yeah, when I was yeah, in yeah. grammar school or something and I, it's that same kind of you have this much space right you have to put have something this, in it for later yeah. yeah no it's interesting I know Weird stuff to think about on a Wednesday night before Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> I keep forgetting Thanksgiving tomorrow. Yeah, what are you guys going to do for Thanksgiving? I don't know. We're, the van? we're driving straight to Lawrence, Kansas. Whoa. Yeah. So, I think we're either, some people are going to a buffet, some people are doing Chinese. I don't I don't, we, I don't. don't think we've all decided what, what the plan is, but we'll all be together at least. Are you guys all in the same van, the bus thing up there? Yeah. 12 dudes. How's that going? It's good. Surprisingly, it hasn't uh, been explosive yet. It's cramped though. Yeah, I bet. But I mean, shit. How many beds are there? Twelve. Twelve? Okay. Yeah. I know uh, you hear stories of the rival tour. It's like there were eight beds, but 15 people on my bus. Damn. I, I'm exaggerating slightly, but yeah. you hear those stories where Chuck was like, come on. Speaking of guys like Chuck, you played with Brian Fallon. I have. Bouncing Souls. Those yep. guys. What do you learn from those guys playing with those guys? Especially like. I mean, you're 25 years old. Those guys are older than me. I look up to those guys, and you get to play with them. You get to learn from them. What do you glean from those kids? I think that the biggest thing from them was is how to treat people and other musicians. Um, I was actually telling a couple stories today. Uh, 
Chuck, perfect example. It's one of like one of the best dudes ever, yeah. let alone musicians. Um, one of the first bigger shows I ever played acoustic. I was opening for him in Atlantic City, Ooh, and I was man. yeah, it was surreal. And it was uh, I was like still billing it as like the scandal, like scandals acoustic or whatever. I didn't even know what I was doing. <laughs> and I borrowed Rocky's guitar. And I showed up, and right before I played, I went up and I said, Hey, do you need anything? Like, thank you for flying out here. Can I get, do you need anything? He's like, Hey, brother, do you need anything? I was like, I was like, Me? I'm cool. He's like, Do you need like a spare guitar for backup or anything? I was like, Well, I borrowed my boys. I restrung it. Like, I think I'm cool. He's like, Don't worry about it. I'll go set mine up. Just like, I didn't, like, didn't ask him. He was like, I'll go set mine up. So he has his Gibson hanging out on the stage on the side. Halfway through the set, and it's sold out the whole nine. Halfway through the set, my high E gets stuck under the fret. And it's just buzzing. There's no set. And I'm like, what the fuck? I, I can't figure it out. I feel like I, it's just dead, you know? And I look up at him. I'm like, is this still cool? And he's like, go for it, brother. Grab his good save of the day. Like, who does that? You know? You just meet someone. Who does that? Oh. And it's one of those moments where I've thought about it multiple times and been like, who thought that far ahead? Because they've had to happen to them, and someone had to have been there. And I swear that one of that moment, and the way that the Gaslight Boys have treated us on tour when it comes to yeah. everything, and like family, like we we were in Atlanta on tour, going down to South by, and uh, we had a day off, and they were playing in town. And we, some of us were close with them, but not it wasn't anywhere that we were now. And at the end of the night, after partying all night, it was like here's everything that's left. Fill your van with whatever food and drink right, you yeah. can take it all and it fed us for a week you know and it, it's just it's things like that that you realize that it is a community and you hope you can only pass that on to someone else it was, uh, it was a lot of a lot of humbling stuff yeah chuck story is one of my favorites oh man every chuck reagan story is a great story though <laughs> insane oh. right how one human can just projects such positive energy all the time. I'm always the uh, drunk punisher <laughs> when Chuck's around. And I've apologized to him on yeah. this uh, on this, this show before. And I'm like, sorry, I'm always drunk and I tell you how much I love you over and over. And again. Buddy, you're always cool about it. I'm like, no, I'm not. And he's like, you always mean well, though. <laughs> you know, it's funny. After that first night, I think I got pretty punisher drunk in AC, too. And I, I remember sitting down just being like... Let's talk about life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Dude was like 2 a.m. in Atlantic City. just flew from the West Coast. And he was like, all right. And he sat there and we sat. And somehow I drunkenly got through a, a life conversation that I probably wish I remembered more of. But Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I took a lot from, from that experience. Yeah. Appreciate that, dude, as a human and as a musician greatly. And one day you'll be that kid. Ah. That guy, that you old hope. man to that kid. You can only hope. I hope. I, I got that. I got a good feeling. I, I got good instincts. It. I think you'll get there. Uh, we've talked about a whole lot of things and a whole lot of, like, no nonsense. Not no nonsense. Like, we just bullshitted. It's been fun. I love it. Uh, your you rec- Yeah, me too. Your record's out now, like, any day now on Satan. Yep. You know how long it took me to realize that Satan Records was... Satan Records. I just Good found God. out this tour. Yeah. I'm, okay. I don't feel so bad. Years I've known Adam, yeah. and uh, I think it was Frank actually said it to someone in passing. Oh, that's funny, Satan. Satan. And I said, 
Oh yeah, yeah, right? Get the joke, huh? And I had no fucking clue. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming, for playing along with me. Like, I really had, I was like, let's just sit down and hang out with Jared. He's a good yeah. dude. I vaguely remember drinking with a death of false hope. Mm-hmm. And talked to him in years. And uh, this has been really cool. Yeah, thank I, you so much. I think in the middle of the rambling, you gave us some really good stuff. Uh, anything else you want to mention, throw out there? Maybe if there's some little kids that have seen you on the tour you want to say to them? Uh, just thanks for listening. You know, one thing I like to say, you've been doing this since you were 14. Yep. Has it been a hard thing to do? You follow, I take it you followed your heart this whole time. Yeah. I mean, like I said before, there's no option. I think I didn't realize how hard it was ever until way after the fact. Until somebody and that's the thing like for me I've gotten to meet so many great people just by picking up a microphone talking to them yeah I like to push the idea that anyone can participate and then once you take that first step out the door or just that first step it doesn't even have to be out the door yeah it's so rewarding and so wonderful um, do you have any advice for kids who want to get up off the couch and uh, maybe start their own band take photos interview people badly like I do <laughs> I think just be kind to people. Great. And, and and if you're a good person and you project that positive attitude and that you treat people genuinely how you want to receive it, it goes longer and farther than anyone any anything else. And, cool. and I've talked about this with people, you know, especially being a musician and everything else. There's politics involved. There's this and that. It's all who you know. But I'd rather be known as the dude who was a decent dude and like Chuck, yeah. the dude who's a, a nice fucking dude and who people love to be around. It, and it's easy to get to know people if you're honest and true. Exactly. Cool. So, Sorry to cut you off. No, you're completely right. And awesome. here we both are. Yeah. Hang on some more. Yeah. Anything else you want to throw out there? Your record's out now. Say. Uh, say. Say ten. Say ten. Records. Uh, It's coming out on vinyl in a couple months. Uh, So I I like rushed the CD for this tour. I had to have it out. So songs are out there. You can download them, and the CD's out there. And uh, and Bouncing Souls are or you guys are playing with the Bouncing Souls after party. Yep. Yeah, the after party, and then I'll be doing an in store with uh, Dave Haas and uh, and uh, a couple other friends. So it'll be a good good weekend of the home for the holidays. I haven't been to the Jersey since that Arliss Nancy tour, and I feel like I'm missing out. It's the last home for the holidays. Is it? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Shit, I guess I need to go. I think you should. I've never been. You got, a place, you got a place to stay if you need it. Okay, great. Awesome. Jared, it's been... Thanks for hanging out and chatting with me. Thank you, brother. Thanks for coming to Colorado again, since we've been buddies. Anytime, homie. All right, let's turn this off. All right, buddies. Jared, thanks for hanging out and chatting with me. Thanks for humoring me as well. I know I was super wired, tired, and if we can be honest, a little drunk. But it was good catching up with you. And I can't wait to catch up with you again in March when you are out on tour with Brian Fallon from the Gaslight Anthem as a member of his uh, backing band as Brian Fincers into Solo Dumb. That's a word, right? It is now. It, it's okay. So, uh, buddies, uh, go make sure. I, and you're going to go out there anyway. You're going to go see Brian Fallon because it's Brian Fallon from the goddamn Gaslight Anthem and their American treasure. And uh, make sure you uh, stick around and say hi to Jared. He's a damn, damn nice fella from New Jersey. Um, 
and I don't really know what else to say other than I really, really like him. I'm really glad we got to reconnect over this chat, and uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed drinking through it all. And, uh, buddies, let's go ahead and I, I'm, I've rambled long enough. I, I think you're done listening to me. Uh, thanks again to our sponsors at The Leech Pit. Visit them at theleechpit.com. Next week I will come up with some better copy for them. Um, Adam Leach of The Leech Pit has been a longtime supporter of the podcast. He threw me some money for a Kickstarter campaign, and I have owed him a good spot for a long time. And now, just even if I don't have it, I'm just going to talk about The Leech Pit. Uh, go check them out if you're in Colorado Springs. Visit them at leechpit.com, and you can find their Etsy store. He's got a damn great selection of hobo nickels and vintage stuff on his Etsy store. Um, damn good guy, damn good store, damn good uh, product. So uh, check it out. And again, thanks to our buddies at Ratio Beer Works for sponsoring the podcast. Uh, visit them at 2920 Larimer Street in Denver. Um, they're about to be releasing their um, One Great City Belgian Quad, of course, named after the Weaker Thin song. And we're going to be doing a small brown bike. Uh, in-store meet-and-greet acoustic session on January 23rd. And, buddies, uh, let's go ahead and end this episode. I, I was really struggling. I was like, do we end it with a scandal song? Do we end it with a, with a song from Jared's new record, Past Lives and Past Lines? It's out now on Say 10 Records. And I, I went ahead and uh, I'm pulling the audible. I was going to end it with a scandal song, but I really, really, really like this other song that's on this record. It's called Basements. And I think I think these are two really good songs. The Leo up front, Basements at the back. I think it's a really good selling point for Jared. Uh, it's out now. Say 10 Records. Super great record label. Super great dudes. Jared, super great. Please check out the Scandals. They are well worth your time. I know they're playing in New York City very soon. Uh, they just played with the Bouncing Souls a whole bunch. And, uh, you know, if that's not, if the Bouncing Souls aren't a good enough endorsement for a band, then what is? Am I right? So let's go ahead and end this episode on uh, with Basements by Jared Hart. All right, buddies. Take care. We'll see you in the funny pages. Woo!